What up, everybody? It's your boy, Port G. And your and, boy, Endgame. And we're back for another week of yelling about a children's cartoon. In our 4A into 4A series is Star vs. the Forces of Evil podcast, where we talk about developments in the show. And, you know, our podcast is currently titled 4A into 4A, but really, right. this... You know, I don't even know if this is an appropriate title so much anymore because the show really doesn't appear to be split as strictly into these seasons now because we just got confirmation. We'll talk about this more later, but we just got confirmation that the show is going to keep airing two episodes per week throughout April. And while there does appear to be a 22-minute, like, episode 14, I think it is, so it's, you know in the position that we'd expect the mid-season finale to be, which means Curse might not be considered one, uh, the show's just going to keep airing after that. So it's entirely possible that we just kind of keep going two episodes a week until we're done sometime in the middle of May. So, you know, right now our podcast title is very focused on 4A, but it doesn't really sound like we're going to get much of a break after. There's not really going to be a distinction between this part and the next part, so, uh, oh well. Alas, what are you going to do? Yep, so, of but, course... Uh, yeah. so, <clears throat> we got our first two episodes of Season 4, aired a couple days ago. And yep. uh, they were um, an interesting way to start a season, I guess we could say. Yep, we had uh, the two 22-minute episodes back-to-back, Butterfly Follies and Escape from the Pie Folk. Uh, and I think they went a little bit differently than people might have expected 22-minute episodes to go in general. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I was talking to some friends about this, and I the thing that kind of struck me was, you know, I don't know how much of the airing schedule that, you know, I don't know if Disney had, like, let them know at some point, like, hey, we want, our, we want the premiere to be 44 minutes or something like that. You know, I don't know anything about that. I can't say anything about the production, but you really got the vibe from these episodes that they just kind of wanted like whatever, you know, the two episodes starting back to back is they wanted it to be something that someone who really wasn't that in the loop could watch. I mean, yeah, you know, it was based upon events from the last season, but like it was really designed to be sort of that true blue premiere to the show. Yeah, Uh, it certainly wasn't, um, in terms of like, you know, I was watching the episodes, and you know, I don't think they're bad. You know, they they were fun. They had some cool moments, but like, when I was watching the episodes, it felt like if you can you compared like the beginning state to the end state of a forty four minute chunk, not a lot actually changed except for like the one thing they set out specifically to do at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, and it, you know, taking 44 minutes to get there. I mean, Butterfly Follies, which we'll get into in just a second here, spent, it did to its credit, you know, most yeah. of its runtime was kind of spent showing you the beginning of, like, what was starting to change in yeah, season yeah, yeah. four. But Pyfo... Yeah, I think, I think that episode was, was, pretty, was pretty fine in terms of, like, the amount, what, what content was in it. You know, it spent a lot of time doing some stuff, as we'll get into in a sec. But then Pyfolk was potentially a little light on meaningful substance. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's the type of thing where, like, it was a totally fine episode, but it just felt like the type of thing that would have been a, you know, really good, like, 11-minute adventure app. I mean, it was 22 minutes of pretty good adventure stuff, in my opinion. It was just, like, 
the concept, you know, even if the execution ran good for 22 minutes, I just don't know in theory if they needed that. And especially, yeah, especially here's, here's my other big thing here, right, is we've got Moon Remembers coming up this week in 3A, which it's going to be different, obviously, but it's still going to be dealing with Moon stuff. So... In my opinion, anyway, what they might have been able to do was sort of edit that in as part of this, like, you know, re rework the entire 44 minutes, you know, shave Pyfolk down by almost half, put a little bit of Pyfolk into Follies if needed, whatever, and then... Right. You know, put put the remember put like okay, you got you get Moon back, but then it's like you get Moon back. You know, rather than having like the big happy reunion ending at the end of Pyfolk, you have it be like you get her back, but the memories aren't gone, no happy ending yet, and then you sort of transition into like teaching her, getting her memories back or whatever. Yeah, and then... I think that could have been a, a pretty cool way to do something. But oh well, let's talk about the episodes that we got. Yeah, definitely, definitely not our. <clears throat> place 100 percent to crap on the something in this yeah movie. exactly and you know i the other part of it and this is this is just an unfortunate fact of the situation is that you know you had season three which it was really controversial in a lot of ways and even you know i don't know if all of the controversy so much was uh, always legitimate you know a lot of it was some some kind of bad understanding and bad expectations but even if you set that aside, I think anyone can agree that it still uh, set itself up as sort of like there's, you know, huge payoff awaiting. It sort of, it had a bunch yeah. of stuff happen that was like, okay, all of this stuff happened so that you can see how it resolves after. So, you know, and you do that and then you have an, a hiatus for 11 months. So no matter what you do, you're just going to get people, everyone is just going to be chomping at the bit for this stuff that they want to see happen happen so having week one really not cover a whole lot in the resolution you know there's no way around it i think people are just gonna have mixed yeah. feelings about that even if it's like, not I, the show's I, fault. I can't say i loved it i didn't hate it i didn't think it was awful you know i don't think the show writers are bad people or something obviously i just you know it was i don't want to even say it was a disappointment it was i was under i was underwhelmed yeah, I guess uh, for, for me it was I was underwhelmed relative to the fact that I was hoping to be overwhelmed. So I, I guess you just kind of land in yeah. well. You just kind of land in whelmed overall, but you don't want <laughs> the you don't you don't want the premiere of the season after waiting 11 months to just whelm you. You know, yeah. that's Oh well. So yeah. let's talk about what actually happened, right? Cuz uh, you know, how yeah. we feel about it's great, but we need to discuss facts don't care about your feelings. Exactly, you know. So it's uh, here at uh, on this podcast with Ben Game Shapiro, we're going to make sure that we get the facts down. So let's go over, you know, uh, to start off with, it's pretty obvious that the entire conceit of these episodes was pretty much about Moon and the start of the episode uh, so we get started some interesting stuff is that they've actually been exploring nonstop for weeks. You know, the episode just opens yeah. with them in the prison. They've been checking it over and over again. They've pretty much dropped everything. Um, they've been looking for weeks without really changing anything. Uh, Including their clothes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so 
you know, and I do want to make a quick comment here. So I actually have a powerful theory for what, so there's one part where Marco makes fun of, or mocks or uh, derives River in some way, chastises him, I guess is the better term for his stench, right? For not having showered in uh, an incredibly long time. But then I had it brought to my attention that in scent of a hoodie, Star is like, ah, oh, Marco, when's the last time you watched this thing? So Marco is a hypocrite for chastising River's habits. But I have a hot theory for that. So keep in mind, oh, during for during Battle for Muni, Marco was trapped in the dungeon with River for 24 hours. So my theory is that River actually has, like, you know, a magical aura that causes everyone around him to just emit massive quantities of testosterone at all times. Mm. So Marco, you know... Preposterous amounts of testosterone. Yeah, preposterone. So... Basically, you've just got Marco, who in that 24-hour window, basically his his clothing gained weeks upon weeks of Marco Musk in that 24-hour window in the dungeon, just by virtue of being next to River. So that's why. Oh well. Yeah, exactly. You so musky, baby. That's uh, that was that was basically kind of a hoodie <laughs> in a nutshell, right there. Excellent. So uh, that aside, yeah, like they're kind of going around doing their thing and then they decide to you know go back to the castle to shower up rest up etc and um you kind of get a little bit of a glimpse into you know the life of a muman and a monster now that you know the reintegration has happened let's say yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if reintegration is the best term because it's. Uh, I think you know a lot of the. I think I think we talked about this in last week's episode, and if not, I've mentioned it on you know Tumblr post or at some point in the past. I think we probably mentioned it on the season three B podcast, which I don't know if it's public right now. But either way, uh, just this general idea that Eclipse's style would probably just be kind of hand everything to monsters and just assume stuff was better. And you know, it it seems that the vibe that I'm getting is that. As of the beginning of this season, I can't even say Eclipse is, like, doing a horrible job. Like, she's clearly, uh, you know, not going about it from, like, a very high-level, like, political theory type of thing. She's not, you know, a skilled, like, you know, social, you know, political uh, phenom to be reckoned with that is, like, actually making all kinds of sweeping... You know, long-lasting changes in society. She's just kind of like she's converted the monster temple, which is now the you know her home where she's ruling from. Uh, hired all kinds of monsters to do work around the place and let them you know live there, and they're kind of you know in a life of relative opulence. So it's it's just sort of everything is still segregated in a sense, but she's just kind of giving monsters all kinds of perfect treatment. Uh, and not really doing anything for the humans, uh, you know, it, it's that's kind of how I figured it would be. Uh, yeah, when she took the throne anyway. Yeah, that's kind of what I was assuming as well. But uh, you know, it it's, it is nice to see that for the time being, anyway. You know, it, everyone's kind of on good terms. You know, Eclipse is yeah. gen- Eclipse is genuinely concerned. I mean. You know, there was, I saw a lot of talk on the internet of people saying all kinds of things about, like, oh, it seemed like Eclipso was trying to get them, you know, to talk them out of continuing the search. But, like, the thing is, there was just kind of a theme overall of, like, basically everyone except Star was kind of, like, nudging just a little bit 
towards, you know, if not giving up entirely, just being like, okay, this is kind of ridiculous, like, what we're trying right now. Um, Yeah, yeah, no, I I would agree with that. So I don't really blame it on any character in particular. It's just everyone was at their wit's end after weeks and weeks. And yeah, you know, reasonably so. I would yeah, and no, no one, no one. I, I don't think there was anyone that was really unsupportive of her. It was just people had, you know, maybe slightly more uh, reserved uh, views of the situation, not quite so hopeful. And we'll get to why the hope uh, was there for Star later. But the other interesting thing that I think kind of happens in that castle scene is the talk with Glosseric, and Glosseric is back, and he's actually. You know, we saw a shot from him in the promo in a different... Uh, he had, like, a cast on his arm or something. So it sounds like he's kind of going to reintegrate into his Season 2 role of kind of being there and being involved in situations as a... Yeah, he'll actually, you know, be a character and not a weird walking punchline. I don't really know what he was doing in Season 3. Yeah. I assume that'll be addressed. Yeah, it and it's... Weird. It's, you know, I've I've seen all kinds of theories on it, and... In general, I mean, with Glosseric, just as a, as a very quick note, I think the way I personally see it is that we get some moments in Season 2 where, you know, you, you can never trust anything he says 100%, but we get some moments where it really does seem like he's being genuine. Like, the, the talk with Moon and the Magical High Commission in uh, Page Turner especially when he says about, like, his job is training Star to be queen, and that's everything he's doing is for that, and training her in her own way, and then sort of the, you know, maybe this is what you need after he gets captured by Ludo, and then when he, in Battle from Uni, kind of suggests that he knows the future. Um, you know, I at this point, I see no reason to doubt that that entire season's worth of consistent events was not genuine, and I, in, until proven otherwise, I'm going to assume that there's still a general continuation of whatever he's doing is more or less the sort of quote-unquote what needs to happen for Star to be queen, and he knows that. He's sort of like a, I, I think I called him in one particular chat, like a chaotic agent of fate, or like a willing chaotic agent of fate, where he knows what needs to be done and is just doing it anyway. <clears throat> That's a that's 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 probably a pretty good way to look at it. I look at him as a um as really an artist of of dank fucking memes and he's just shit posting. This is true, but it's like shit posting. I, I honestly think like to a certain extent like a certain amount of what he's doing is actually just legitimately some form of cosmic shit posting. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I don't doubt it at all. I mean, there's there are plenty of things that he does that really have no discernible purpose. Like even in the, like he just makes a random quip that doesn't accomplish anything. Yep. I, it's the the way I kind of see it is that there are times when him being an obstinate douche like <clears throat> turns out to actually have relevance. And there's I think mm-hmm. the one episode did I think it's Wand to Wand in season two, the one where he gets mad at Star for not wanting to study in the book and then hops in the donut box and then there's that whole thing where like he says he needed to be in the donut box so that when it went in the trash compactor he would pop out and stop ludo or something like that and again like it's like a giant fucking meme. according to keikaku exactly it's it's a giant keikaku shit post in the episode but at the same time i think it kind of illustrates what he's doing where you know yeah it, it, it's not that glossaric is just like 
a puppet of fate. It's like basically the yeah, universe. It's the universe exists, and there is a path the universe is gonna go, and that path accounts for Glossaric's personality doing its thing. <laughs> like yeah, that's fair. It's, you know, Gloss so the, the times that Glossaric is an asshole and it accomplishes something, and the times that he's an asshole for no reason other than to be an asshole, it's because he is a person with, you know, a, a distinct personality. He's not just a puppet. Mm -hmm. But his distinct personality is part, you know, a pretty fundamental part of the, you know, the, the master plan, uh, as it were, you know you know crashing this show with no survivors so but i think the the interesting thing that he said in this was about star says about going to the realm of magic and gloucester says you know what were you doing there that's dangerous that was a mistake and then she says she needed to do it to defeat toffee and he says maybe that was a mistake too and that you know there there, there are different ways to interpret it and i'm not uh, obviously it means that he's a um He's one of those people in the fandom who really wants to fuck Toffee. This is totally possible. Um, also, uh, as a brief aside, why the fuck do people want to fuck Toffee? Um, Continue. Michael, Michael C. Hall's voice? I don't know, dude. But Continue. You know, I, I won't rule out the possibility that that line had some type of literal relevance, but at the same time... Most of what Glassrick has said and done in the show thus far has kind of been from a perspective of, you know, the magic words that get Star thinking about something in a way... In the right way. In the right way, right? So, it's I don't necessarily know if it's literally telling the audience that, like, you know, I, I've seen theories anywhere Star from... Star did a fucky-wucky. Like, I've seen theories anywhere from Glossary's master plan was actually, like, thwarted. Like, whatever his plan was, was different than what happened, and that, like, we're off the Glossary timeline now. I I don't know about that. I've seen theories go for anywhere from that to, like, you know, Beach Day Photo, which we'll get to in a minute. Time travel. Like, uh, you know, bringing up you know, defeating Toffee being a mistake, uh, okay, please no, like, fuck no, time travel fucks everything, we'll, we'll get to that more in a sec, but, uh, you know, overall, I think for the most part, it's just, the whole episode was about Star being confronted with her mistakes, and this just really fit, you know, I, sure. I, I think it was just kind of, it, it's fitting yeah, the theme, so... and it's getting her to think more about that, because that'll probably be important moving forward. Yeah, so... and then uh, to continue, you know, going down the synopsis of the episode, you know, we kind of waddle over. They they go to the the pie fair because Star recognizes the pie. They go there. They dick around. There's a bunch of baits of them almost finding Moon. Eric Eric is a fantastic play. person. Yeah, they do the stage play, which kind of shows, I guess, the opinions that the Mewman people might have of the royal family and the way the things have been going the last few months. And then best. A uh, boy slash girl, Eric, is introduced. Um, Eric X River is a really good ship. Um, Eric X Dennis is even better, and uh, that's all I have to say about that. What about uh, what about uh, I've seen I don't know Erico Mar Mar Marik. I've seen some different ones, but I, I feel no, like no, no. I feel um, like that's that's like a bro TP right there. That's yeah, no, no, that's that's a really good like okay. Have you ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race? I have not. 
Okay. Um. So like, I just imagine it's like one of like the wholesome, like friendships from that show, where it's two, uh, dudes who are very comfortable in their masculinity, and their sexuality. Uh, talking about how to be more attractive women when they dress up for fun. I feel like Tom can get on that too, honestly. I think there's there's a comic yeah. I saw on Instagram earlier today. Like some, that sounds pretty good. He was joking about that. It was pretty fun. But uh, so and yeah, you know they they almost find Eric and you know as far as so as far as we've kind of we've kind of skipped one particular detail throughout this. So we'll go back now and sort of talk oh, about. Forget? The the well just we weren't doing this chronologically. We were doing it thematically. But the last sort of important events in the episode i think that we haven't covered by now were the beach day talk at the end and then it, it wouldn't mm-hmm. it wouldn't be fair to not connect that part of it with the little quick conversation with tom on the phone earlier because you know even though this first God, set of funny. Is it, even though this first set of epi- you know this first two episodes didn't really tackle any you know it, it only chose to really tackle and resolve the moon stuff but it did make sure to give us a status update on pretty much everything and kind of give us a little bit of an idea of where we were headed so we have a conversation pretty early on in the episode where tom calls star on the phone and they have a quick chat and it's honestly pathetic as fuck like i feel horrible for both of them that they're still that some part of their brain is telling them that this is what they should be doing because it, it's fucking just a tragedy. So just as a quick recap, the conversation it's basically really funny though. No, it's funny as shit because of how pathetic it is. Well, okay, the second part of it is like genuinely funny. So the first part of it is that Tom calls Star, and they talk, and Tom is like, you know, I, I don't remember the exact conversation. It's basically Tom asks them when they're going to come home, and like, hey, are you done yet? And then Star says they searched a tower, and there's like a quick thing where Tom is like, wait, like that tower? I don't remember the exact line, but there's an implication that Tom doesn't know what a tower is, and then Star calls him stupid. Like, she, she's upset with everyone, you know. I'll, I'll take just a quick moment here to say that Star flips on basically every single character throughout these two episodes, so... I don't really state, you know, th- this is not a scene that Star is genuinely, like, you know, actually hates Tom now or anything. It's just, she's upset with everyone. And Tom isn't being particularly helpful, right? I mean, he's he's saying, oh, I miss you and whatever, but he's sitting in his house not doing anything. And Star is not asking I mean, to come... I don't fucking blame him, honestly. Yeah, and Star's not asking him to come help either. So, you know, it's it's the same... It's basically what we're seeing here is that... They're the, the you know the the committed romantic aspect of their relationship. I, I don't even mean romantic in the sense of hand holding kisses. You know, I mean it in the sense of the type of thing that you want two people who are committing to a partnership to have. Is that that's just tanking harder and harder and harder, and it hasn't stopped tanking, right? It's still going down the tubes, yeah. even it's more. Tanking, just like my real love. It, exactly. There we go. And it's you know I mean I you know I, I could say right now that at this point you know the the progression of my love life over Tom uh, over time is actually better than that of Star and Tom's, which is great. Mine's just a total flat line, and theirs is going downhill. So, I think I'm winning in the end. Yeah, that's fair. But, uh, anyway, so, and then, so we have that, and then that, you know, Star is like, oh, I miss you too, boo. Like, it's, they're still talking, but if you, to me, anyway, you, you know, again, you, you have a better take on this, because you actually have real life experience with this. It feels to me like it's... 
yeah, it's it feels so it feels to me specifically like it's autopilot. It's yeah, no. The the last it's the last time that they thought about the situation is like that's just how they are. Like it's their boyfriend and girlfriend, so they say things to each other like "boo" and "I miss you," but it's just an autopilot that doesn't actually mean anything. Basically, um, yeah. As someone who has been in a um dying relationship. I can confirm that, in fact, you still say that, and if you've been in a relationship long enough, you still tell each other that I that you love each other, even though you don't anymore. That's uh, a little bit dark there, but you know I respect the I respect the honesty on that, and uh, you know that's I, I, how it be. I don't think I, I will actually say this is a quick aside. You know, obviously, I'm not a fucking relationship guru or whatever, but I have generally been pretty happy with how romantic relationships have been portrayed in this show, at least in terms of realism and, like, actually kind of making some fucking sense. Yeah, that's... I. And, it's, it's nice, you know, honestly. I, I'm not experienced with it, but it's I refreshing. can... Yeah, I can say it's... it's It feels better to me than most other fictional media I've watched, so, well, you know, yeah. my, my opinion matters less there, but oh well. Um, so then, the second part of this conversation is, which is the fucking hilarious part, is immediately afterwards, Tom calls Marco, and is, like, super insecure, he's like, you know, I, I know what a tower is, like, Marco, back me up here, I know what a tower is, and, and Marco's, like, being genuinely supportive of him, and, like, yeah. it's, the, so the thing about it, to me, what that basically says, I mean, it, you know, Without reading too much into it, it is, I think, intended to show the general idea that Tom and Marco are the ones that kind of have, like, a, a really sort of genuine emotional bond. But that point yeah, aside... I, I, I enjoy their dynamic. Yeah, in a, in a very basic sense, I think one thing it is showing off is that it is showing off that, you know, the, the, the situation, because... You know, a lot of idiots after season three were expecting Tom to go murder Hobo uh, because, you know, Marco um, kissed Star and, you know, that's Tom's woman, uh, etc. But what we're seeing here is that, you know... Because that's how high school relationships work. Exactly. I, your girlfriend. I, I think... So, I guess we'll, I'll cover this in more detail at Lake House, but I think what we're generally seeing here is that what this was intended is the way the show always kind of does stuff, I think is that you sort of have, you know, it's not necessarily broken up quite this cleanly, but you sort of have two parallel things happening. Is You've got, mm -hmm. like, the under-the-hood emotional developments, and then what is actually changing on the surface. Yeah. And under that lens, is what this is kind of doing is, I think this scene just really quickly encapsulated both of them, where it's showing that on the surface, Star and Tom's relationship, you know, it's still technically they're still technically considering themselves a couple but it's degrading farther and that you know there's still awkwardness between the three of them but under the hood you're still kind of seeing that tom's calling in to check up on star like honestly i think that's better than you might have expected from him during part of season three you know mm -hmm. there's there's a level of some level also, she answered the phone which is uh also kind of better than some points in yes. season three. Yeah, so it's it's kind of buried under a fucking mountain of awkward ten romantic tension. Not even just relationship tension, but you can see that there's some level of genuine care there between them, like an actual concern to check up on each other, or at least to 
you know, to to talk to each other, and that Tom and Marco are still totally fine and totally close, yeah, right. even after. So what we're gonna see here is this is just kind of gonna lead us into what comes after because it's showing us like, hey, these characters even after changes on the surface happened the important thing is that they still care about each other as friends so that's what's gonna matter moving forward anyway the real treasure was the friends we found along the way exactly so with that uh, out of the way now we can skip kind of back ahead uh you know all because all the other stuff we already talked about happens in the middle and then we get to the end with the scene of marco and star uh in the bunk bed he's talking about the beach day photo uh, yeah. so just the quick recap of basically what happens there is that Star, you know, we, we saw her with a beach day photo in the Comic-Con clip back in July, and now we actually saw it happen at the beginning of this episode. And mm. then the big fucking meme reveal is that apparently the photo is a gift from Father Time from the future, and her take on it is that, well, I'm super happy at some point in the future with this photo, and the way I see it is I would never be this happy if my mom was gone. So therefore... This photo means mom will come back at some point, so we can't give up. And uh, that that broke me just a little bit for a few reasons. I, I don't think it's a huge deal, and because of the way that they seem to be going about handling it in the future, I think it will be fine. But the one quick, you know, it's 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 tricky because of the fact that. You know, I, I can't guarantee anything because there are times when, you know, writers of a serial work will kind of plan out specific, like, key plot points ahead of time, you know, way ahead of time. But we just, one thing we want to just take a quick look at is Star Crushed, because Star Crushed was a time sure. when you know, that exact photo, the beach day photo, and she looks at it, and it's pretty clear that within the context of the episode, it's just sort of the reminder of the good, you know, the reminder of everything good in her relationship with Marco, and that's, you know, that drives her to confess, because her her relationship with him matters too much for her to hide it from him, is, is basically what it's Wait. used for in the episode. And if Continue you actually... Because I just put two and two together on something. Continue. So I guess the the pro you know there's a lot of people saying well if you actually take it seriously you know is this a retcon basically is is this a retcon to the meaning of the photo in Star Crushed and I, my honest answer I don't think personally that I can give a satisfying completely like 100% on the level in universe answer to that I I could say things like well, the photo still is her and Marco being happy, even if at the time she knew it was from the future. Uh, and she was just really emotional in that moment, so she wasn't really considering any weird implications of the fact that it was from the future. And, you know, there was no reason for her to believe that it meant anything romantic. You know, it, it didn't... Even if she was thinking about it more clearly, it wouldn't necessarily say to her that, oh, this means that you know, I'm not feeling sad right now because I'll be happy in the future. The, the way I said it was, if I if I showed you a, a window into the future where, you know, two weeks into the future, you were, you know, uh, lifting something heavy with your arms, and then I break one of your arms now, you wouldn't not be in pain because you knew that they were fine in the future, right? Like, 
Right. It's the same idea. But the important thing that I want to say here is that all of this stuff, trying to justify in-universe, glosses over what to me is the more likely option, which is the writers of this show just kind of like doing this type of zany reference plot twist thing. Like, the... You know, in Divide, or like in Marco Jr., when Star's filling out the sheet, and Marco's actually 30, and then Marco has all of his fighting skills in Divide that he says he learned from his time in Running with Scissors, and that when he recites the um, tale of how he got his sword El Chapo in Divide, like, all of this, if you look at it on, you know, if you just look at it literally, it's indicating that he still has all 30 years worth of memories, and that kind of in theory, would fuck a bunch of shit up. But it's... Yeah, it also makes me hit the fucking manga giga button. So. Yeah, I guess th- it's just the way the show's writing works is that there's all kinds... I mean, it- it's it's basically cartoon logic, right? Like, things matter when they matter, and they don't when they don't. And, you know, to me, as a fan that kind of likes taking it a little bit more seriously than some people might, I, I you know, I can't say I'm the happiest that there's this kind of weird implication being given about uh you know uh, some pretty meaningful emotional moments in the show but for the time being i'm i'm just gonna assume first off i'm gonna assume that the writers at you know they didn't have this in mind when they wrote it in star crushed so star in star crushed almost certainly was written as not knowing this because the writers didn't know it yet and you know is it unfortunate that they maybe didn't think all the details through yeah sure and i guess we don't know 100 percent how it's going to be handled you know maybe they do keep going down a weird time travel road that i would kind of hate but for the time being i'm willing to just kind of say it's annoying to me because i like to try to interpret things more deeply and they're just kind of you know they wanted a setup for Star and Marco trying to be happy right after the moon stuff, and they wanted a setup, so they kind of pulled this as like a a cool. Oh yeah, remember this photo? Like finger guns at the audience. Sure. So I don't know, but so anyway. I'm gonna say yeah. So I I have a point I like to make. And sure, then go I'm, for it. Very quickly, then I'd like to move on. So so the thought that I had that made people go, oh wait. Um. So I 100% agree. The most likely reason that this was is it was a you know. Finger guns, a lamal point and laugh with the audience type reference thing. But here's an alternate thing that if it was planned, what it means to me, and this is actually kind of a really beautiful sentiment, I think, is that Star was trying to decide what she wanted to do. And she saw this photo of the future where she and Marco were together, at least as friends, happy and on the beach. And she said, I'm going to do it because no matter what, we're still going to be together. So it can't be the wrong choice to make. That's fair. You know, and I think... Which is a really beautiful sentiment. It is. I, the, the one point that was brought up... To, so, you know, I, I saw some conversation going on that I heavily disagreed with that, that really read too much into it and was saying, like... Why, oh, yeah, like, no, like no, I no, saw, no. you know, why did Star get back together with Tom if she knew she was going to have a beach day with Marco at some point in the future? That's reading way too much into it. But she does explicitly say in Star Crush that she thought she was going to leave, like, that I might have to leave Earth probably forever, and is, like, talking as though she never see him again. So... That's fair. You know, it, it couldn't just be Star being overly emotional, yeah, you know, but I guess it's sort of the... It's if, way more likely that they kind of retconned this into 
Yeah, so, you know, like I said, it's, I'm, I'm not, until they give me a reason to, I'm just gonna say, the photo meant something in season two, and now it means something now, and there's a little bit of an incongruity between the two that you can't 100% justify, but it's not so terrible thus far that I'm, I'm really gonna worry about it, so, okay, anyway, um, and then that ends, and then, you know, Marco is like, okay, well, they kind of set up, they're like, oh, we're, we're gonna basically have this beach day right after we find Moon. Like, that's the plan. They say that. Uh, and they have, you know, they have a yeah, nice, yeah. they have a nice little moment. Uh, you know, Marco hops under and, and kicks, her, kicks her bed and all that. And I think the, the general, um, the general vibe I got from both of these episodes was that, you know, part of it was because of the situation. Like, everything was just so tense and awkward, just with Star being so upset over at Mom, that, you know, th things were just tense overall. But to me, anyway, the vibe that I got was that it was sort of the natural continuation from Season 3 that we got over Marco being afraid and, and you know, Marco not knowing like how to be around star we got over that yeah. but i think there's still a little bit of there's there's just some little difference between them that you, you know I, I can't say for sure because obviously like i said the, the situation was tense and star was really upset and this is yeah. the first this is the first time in the show i actually i like i had a chat with set m this is the first time in the show that marco has like gone has been the one to comfort star and not succeeded to some degree the ending of bon bon yeah. is the only other time that a star and marco moment really like still kind of ends on a sad note and even then it's you know she accepts the hug and it's it, it's sort of it, it's a it's a hopeful ending even if not yeah. a happy yeah. one and this is one where there are times you know starts crying and marco <laughs> you know doesn't go to hug her and he's he says he's saying what he can but it still is just right. her crying. There's still there is still like some weird thing between them and that that makes sense because it's like okay well they've gotten yeah. over you know, they've gotten over the hump of do they want to try to make it work and now we're still seeing okay well they've resolved that they want to make it work but they haven't actually started figuring out how to do that yet so it's still not totally perfect but anyway that's the okay. end of episode one moving on to pie folk we have like less than five minutes of content to talk about with this i think <laughs> yeah uh yeah so what are the important things uh uh, they found Moon, uh, Full Duke and Ruberied are really cute, and, uh, they're pie folk. Okay, that's the episode. Yeah, basically. Uh, Monkey, and, um, Marco's kind of an idiot. A little bit. But that that's always been Marco, though. Also, River calling Moon Moon Pie makes me think about weird sex stuff, and I don't like it. Okay, keep in mind that he's used that nickname before, but I do want to comment. I know, but every time I hear it, I... I get this weird mental image of River busting a fat nut in, in Moon, and I don't like it. Okay, on that note... We... I, I don't like it, I mean I like it. <laughs> so there's actually a line, it's one of, probably my favorite line in both of these episodes, I don't actually remember which it's from. I think it was from Follies, was someone, something's lying about them being hungry, and so Marco's like, I'm starving, and River goes, I'm starving for my wife, and shouts that out. And that's a fucking glorious line to put in the kids' show. Oh, yeah. I'm hungry for my wife. God bless you, Darren FC and team. 
whoever boarded that particular stretch and wrote that line of dialogue and got it approved. But, um... God bless. Anyway, so, yeah, it's, you know, overall, my, my take on it was... I, I thought, like, for an adventure episode, I thought it was one of the better ones, honestly. Like, Oh, yeah, no, it was, like, a fun episode. I just feel like there wasn't quite enough, like meaningful content in it to be part of a finale of a premiere and also a full like 22 minutes yes like you know the the sequence of events that happened needed 22 minutes but just like the overall beginning to end was like yeah did this really need 22 minutes i don't know but that being said what the fuck do i know about running a, a tv show yeah you know and you know maybe disney came to them and said we want a 44 minute premiere with a happy ending so they rolled with that i don't know maybe i don't know like i don't i don't really like to make too much of a strong statement on how like the quality of something is until we see what it builds to and leads to to a certain extent yeah so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say we yeah we you just, know, there we is... just keep going and we see how the, the rest of the season is yeah, exactly. So the the last comment I want to make before I transition is um yeah. the, the I think you know, there were the one thing that I did like again it didn't really mean anything but you know Darren had been really been selling the the book of spells hard as like a a cool te- you know teaser not in terms of spoilers but just in terms of like fun references for season four and that they worked really hard to sort of make it feel rewarding if you had read the spell book you could pick up all kinds of details and yeah we saw that a lot right because the, the pies yeah. like the the recipe and the song that they sang i at still the haven't end. read it yet okay well you know i've already given you the the fucking google drive of i scanned the entire fucking thing page by page into my goddamn printer i don't like books <laughs> they don't have anime titties continue I, I mean this book has a cliff in it my friend so i don't know what you're talking about shit you're right it also has glossaric and he has three titties so i, I don't I, you know that's all i can really say to sell you, you on can't it. see me if i just counted three on my fingers and went oh yeah okay <laughs> glossaric ah <laughs> uh... I mean, his fingers are really long. He'd be a fuzzy little cock sleeve. <laughs> oh God! But anyway, right, so we we got some cool stuff. You know, the, the song was in the book. The the whole yeah, pie fork reveal. You know, festivity of his. Uh, pie I mean, folk. that that scene was just cute as fuck in general. Yeah, that that was a that was a great scene. Like the the, the ending with them. You know, Moon doesn't have her memories back. Keep in mind, um, that's probably what Moon remembers is going to be. Duh. But it, it was it was a nice sentiment to end the episode. I. Some part of me wishes that Marco was included in the group hug at the end, but I get it. I get it. We're not quite there yet. There's there's still time. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the transition I want to make was you mentioned about, you know, well, we'll see what the rest of the season holds. And yeah, I, I think the thing with this is, you know, I, without getting too judgy here, uh, regardless of personal biases towards various things, it's fairly safe to say that you kind of want things to move forward. So what yeah. this did, I think, is it really, I you hope know, no one, no one wants things to remain exactly as they uh, are now. There are people that do. Things. I mean, if, in terms if, of relationship things, there are people that do. <laughs> even if I like Tom Star, I wouldn't be happy where it is right now because stars are saying way too much time that fucking beta cuck orbiter. Yeah, you know, I mean, I drool on my mic a little bit there. I, I really just can't contest that at all. Every word you just said is totally accurate. Um, Marco is in fact the world's biggest cuck. 
Um, yes. I, I mean, at this point, it's that really, really. If we're going to go there, as Tom, but you know. Uh, anyway. Yeah. The thing yeah. is, let's talk about let's talk about uh, let's talk about other things. So what I was going to say with that was what these episodes did was by only covering one thing is they kind of made it a little bit even more urgent that the next episode sort of dive into it. Uh, and that's great. So let's talk about, we finally fucking got synopses for some of these things. So the synopses for next week's hey. episodes that we can read off right now really quick are Moon Remembers, first half episode three. Moon is back and Star wants to find the perfect time to tell her about Glopgore. Probably, I guess, just because Moon didn't know her husband was still alive. You know, thus far, Glopgore hasn't done anything. He's still in the crystal. So I assume this isn't, this is just telling her about the situation and also, based on what uh, Eclipsa said, it doesn't seem like he's going to be getting out particularly soon. Yeah, I mean, there is a there is a shot in the promo somewhere with, with Rombulus that we'll, we'll get into with Springsuit, because I think that might yeah, be where yeah, it comes yeah. in. But, you know, point being, you're right, that he's still in the crystal. So, either way, this is probably, you know, we have, there were shots in the promo of what looked to be Star Warnicorn riding with Moon and Eclipsa trying to teach her how to play the guitar. Maybe he was trying to jog, like, memories of things she did in the past. So, yeah, I don't I, know what the context for that scene is, but I'm so fucking excited for it. Yeah, I am too. And there's also yeah. River, there's also River sitting under a waterfall crying and Eclipse like parasoling like Mary Poppinsing down the waterfall to like talk to him or something from the, yeah, the that background. Looks, that looks pretty good. I so. I like River a lot, honestly. Yeah, he's, you know, River River was actually fucking hilarious in Follies and Pie Folk. Yeah, he's Super like, funny, funny in and funny, funny and gen. Like it, it was comical reactions, but it was you know genuine emotions going on there. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um. Anyway, so Moon Remembers is probably more or less focused on Moon getting Mary's back. Now, swimsuit is the interesting one because it says Star and Marco plan their beach day, but Eclipse needs Star's help with an unexpected problem. Yes. So it's you know, in in Butterfly Follies, um, you know they they talked about it and. It wasn't that the beach photo was a thing that was like, ah, at some generic point in the future, I'll be happy. It's Star's interpretation of it was, let's find Moon and then go make this goddamn photo to be happy again. Um, and it's, interestingly if enough... If only it were that easy, Star. Interestingly enough, we now know that there is episode 16A is called Beach Day and actually ha features yeah. them at some point on an Earth beach. So uh, press X to doubt that the photo actually happens this episode. Yeah. But, um, you know, this might be where you have, you know, I said something about Rombulus, so maybe this is where Eclipsa, like, starts actually trying to find alternatives to get him, to get Globgor free, and, you know, goes yeah, yeah, to... Yeah. But either way, um, you know, in general, the way I see this, I we, we know next to nothing about this. Like, there's no promo shots that seem to be from it whatsoever. Um, The, the cereal and pancake scenes seem like they could be from it, you know, in terms of, like, concept, but they are from a different animation studio than the first half of episode three, so they they shouldn't be here. Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe there's some weird weirdness going on there, and, you know, Sugar Cube, the, the other, you know, took over for part 3B, but if that's not the case, if the logistical planning of the show goes as we anticipate it, um, this, you know, is not where the pancake and cereal scenes come from, so I don't know. Sure. Um, so, I don't know, my general take on it, personally, is that, um, the, the overall theme of this episode is probably gonna be kind of a, a farthering of Booth Buddies, right? So Booth Buddies was the, we're trying to take a photo, it's not working, 
because something's wrong and we can't, you know, it's supposed to be a best friend photo and it's not working. And then right. they kissed and it's like, okay, well, best friendship means something more. So I think the theme of this is going to be trying to force the happiness. And then the ending of Booth Buddies was basically they had the moment and then it just kind of ended on an unresolved note. And I think this one is kind of going to be an opposite where it's they're trying to force the happiness once again. And then at the end of it, they don't get the photo, but one way or another, they kind of come to terms with what, you know, they, they, they find the happiness in another way. Or Star realizes, like, oh, well, I didn't need the beach day photo to be happy because the real happiness was me being with Marco. And that's going to kind of be the follow through. Yeah, yeah, something like that sounds pretty good to me. You know, and I don't know, you know, we don't know because. Just from the synopsis, it could be that Star and Marco playing their beach days the first 60 seconds of the episode, and then it's a Star Eclipse a plot episode for the rest. Yeah, they're like, hey guys, you want to go to the fucking beach? Yeah, that sounds fucking great. Eclipse kicks the door and goes, nah, bitch, Marco, go fuck yourself. Well, we got plot to do. Oh, I don't, so it's basically my question is, I don't really, I personally don't even think they're going to get to the beach either way, but the question really is, does the episode, like, you know, you can talk about what the episode does, and you can talk about what it is. So, I, I just mentioned what it, what I think it will do, but the question of what it is, is still, is it going to be, you know, Eclipsa asks for help as, like, the backdrop, and then Star and Marco spend the 11 minutes together trying to help her, or sure. is it going to be actually focused on the Eclipsa stuff, maybe Marco doesn't even tag along, I don't know, we don't know... I still think that one way or another, this idea of the photo not getting taken, Star being upset over the beach day not happening, and then learning an alternative happy, basically the yeah, yeah, learning yeah. learning why she was so looking forward to the beach day with Marco specifically as a source of happiness, as a... I've something, but something from a gentle nudge anywhere up to a push off a cliff for yeah. realizing the results of season three and Booth Buddies and Divide and Conquer. Who knows, right? But anyway, that's all well and good. Uh, then we move have Ransom Grimm, which we actually have two different synopses for it right now, and I'll just yeah. combine them to say that Star and Marco have to go rescue Nachos from the Never Zone, which is heck. I think that's an alternate name for Hakapu's dimension. Um, so I guess Nachos has been kidnapped, and they have to go rescue him, so we get adult Marco and Star. I don't necessarily expect any, like, really relevant relationship I'm development. I'm call that episode a manga fucking giga before it even airs, but also looks like that's gonna be the one with the new thick barbarian check. I do, in fact, want to put my penis inside of so I am pretty excited nonetheless. Oh, I'm really happy for you. And you know, I the there, more I, I, thick waifus the better. From the promos alone, I think it'll be a really fucking fun episode to watch. I just Yeah, no. Like we have Fast Star with three eyes protecting her husbando. Yeah, so it'll be really fun, but I don't know yeah. what it's gonna do. I, I have my doubts that an episode with Star and Adult with Star and Adult Marco I have my doubts they'll risk using that as some type of push towards a romantic Starco in, like, Yikes. a general development sense. So let's just ignore that for a moment. Let, let's just assume, you know, maybe it'll be like... Well, my, my biggest concern about it is the effect it'll have on the fandom, but... 
Yeah, that that can't uh, be helped. Let's let's not talk about the fan. That can't be helped. So you know, maybe uh, it's a silly place. The way I like to think of it was like if you think in you know in season three B we got deep dive, which was like Star and Marco really working really closely together, yeah, and you know, yeah, them, yeah. and then you had Marco Junior after, which is like nothing had changed. Like they hadn't talked about anything, but just as a result of the overall emotional bond they shared shifting marco jr showed off the result of that yeah, so yeah, yeah. i think this could be the same thing where like after a swimsuit happens we're now seeing star being incredibly close and affectionate and protective with marco just as a as a result even if it doesn't you know actually yeah, that, lead sounds, to anything. that sounds rude. so anyway and you know maybe uh, there will probably be some plot or something with it i don't know um lake house fever this is the big one to end this week coming up. So two different synopses once again, and by combining yeah. the two, we can arrive at something to the effect of Star and Tom are at his family's lake house, and there's a storm which makes shit go wrong, and Star tries to... It's basically whatever whatever's going on is... It's a bad time, and Star tries to turn it around by making it exciting. Uh, so... Yeah. You know, I so I can't really talk too much about the synopsis in particular because it doesn't really say much that we couldn't already get from the promo. But in a very general sense, I'll, I'll give an abridged version of this. So first off, the breakup is coming this episode. It's it's going to, it's got to, because we know Tom pretty much isn't in anything up until Curse at the very least. So. It it has to happen now. Yeah, if it if it doesn't happen here, I, I don't I don't. I'm very yeah. concerned. I'm not gonna. Yeah, that's that's the point and, where and, I. And also, as a reminder for or update for anyone who's new, I'm not a hardcore Starco shipper. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like like I'm not gonna say I'm unbiased because no one is unbiased. And I don't want to talk about why I believe that because you want you want to talk about philosophy for forty five minutes, but um, uh, I, I'd say I'd say that just like I think that at the current rate things are going, that if it doesn't happen there, I don't know when it is, and the longer it stretches out, the less time we have to do the thing that all the characters need to take the next big step in their goal. Yeah, like no, no, it's it's every if everything is stagnating. Which is Tom finding meaning. Without Star, which he's kind of starting to do, but he needs to, you know, no longer be in a shitty relationship with her to do so. And then it's Star and Marco, you know... Actually addressing uh, their shit. Making out. Basically, yeah. I mean, there you go. But um, yeah. anyway, so the, my, my general take on this is that... You know, I, I obviously this is just kind of me looking at it from a very top-down, you know, analytic, flowery, thematic perspective. But in Season 3... I think it's really safe to say, in a general sense, that the, the general atmosphere of season three was, you know, going into it, there was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of tension, a lot of awkwardness, and then characters with good intentions sort of changed things up. You know, they, they tried they tried to seek out a solution to the problems. And then the rest of the season, pretty much once things settled down after Lintcatcher when Marka moved back, the rest of the season, in a very broad general sense, was kind of bashing the characters and the audience over the head over and over again with why the choices they had made were mistakes, right? And, and you know, not to say that it was all bad, not to say that they didn't also grow while doing it, 
but mm-hmm. you have Monster Bash and Is Another Mystery and Booth Buddies and Monster well Monster Bash for Tom and Star and Monster Bash for the Monster Rights Arc. You have Is Another Mystery for Tom and Star and for the Monster Rights Arc. You know, you've got um I, I guess deep I mean deep dive kind of gets solved, but still you sort of have the star trying to go to the realm of magic on her own was dangerous and not a great idea, and it takes a huge moment to bail their asses out of it. Yeah. So just in general, you've kind of got all of this like People are fight, you know, an eleven-minute episode would show you why something is wrong, and then they would take a step towards fixing it within it. And yeah. I think the end of season three kind of started turning the corner there. It started turning the corner from you know divide and conquer in the relationships kind of showed them, you know, they didn't resolve anything yet, but they were kind of acting in like the generally positive way like everything was kind of functioning as it should in a good sense so what i think is going to happen hold on one second is that we're kind of gonna you know season four i think is gonna take that theme and run with it where it's you're you're it's not gonna constantly be about you know showing people failing and then you know, saying, you know, showing 11 minutes of something failing and then the moral of the story being, hey, this failed. I think it'll be, you know, the general thematics is going to be actually solving problems based on wisdom gained from past mistakes and then moving forward rather than digging out of the hole. So to me, what I really want to see out of this episode, you know, of course, there will be an addressing hopefully, obviously, uh, at some point uh, about the breakup, about the kiss, and about the fact that their romantic relationship doesn't work, and about the fact that Star pretty much likes Marco. You know, I don't know how far it will go. I, I don't. We could walk out of Lake House with Star going, oh, yeah, I think I like Marco. We could walk out I'm of gonna Lake House. I'm going to go ha- fuck him when I get home. Yeah, like, we... we in all seriousness, we'll get to, you know, we'll have a couple minutes to talk about the synopses for the remainder of the episodes after, and I genuinely am eyeballing the segment immediately after Lake House that starts off week three as a potential for things to continue from here, so that might not even be wrong, but, um, it will. so, you know, what I, what I really want to see here is rather than an 11-minute episode showing why their romance won't work, and then the breakup being a result of that, I would really rather see an 11-minute episode that, you know, it, it touches on that subject somehow, one way or another. The thing is, we already know why the relationship Exactly, like, we've had... Like, this it is, to us for basically a fucking season. Yeah, we had, we had Monster Bash and Is Another Mystery, which pretty much directly showed us that exact point, right? Like, it was, you know... Uh, the type of thing, like, you know, I, I saw, I got a comment saying, what if it's like a reverse Booth Buddies? Because Booth Buddies was the, they tried to be friends and didn't work, and then they let romance in, and then it worked, and they're like, okay, you know, cool. And that, that changed. Crazy how nature do that. So, you know, people what if they try to make romance work, and then it doesn't, and then they decide we should just be friends at the end. I'm like, yeah, we already saw the romance part not working. They had, they, you know, at the time, they didn't decide to break up, but we saw all that. So what I really want to see here is kind of you know, obviously there can still kind of be, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, this kind of being written as an episodic TV series is going to have connections, right? Like, characters don't right. decide to think about something for no reason. There's usually, 
something happens around them that pushes them to think of it. So I'm sure something in this episode is going to relate and make the characters consider Star's feelings for Marco, the fact that they, you know, Tom knows that Star and Marco kissed and that they need to talk about this and that their relationship hasn't been working. And I'm sure something will reference that. But what I what I think is that whatever this star making the, a fun excursion out of an unfortunate time and trying to, you know, turn this being trapped in the house in a storm into something exciting is I, what I actually genuinely hope is that this is a good, healthy Tom and star episode where it actually demonstrates to us and the characters the beginnings of the next part of their relationship. It's, you know, I, I, I want their breakup to not be the romance failed and you love Marco. So we're breaking up. I want it to be, that's part of it, but I also want it to be, and we'll be okay because we just saw that we can actually get along pretty well as friends. And that, you know, when Jackie and Marco broke up, it was, the romance was, you know, it was working, but it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't competing. You know, Marco was, even with their date going well, Marco still wasn't totally into it. And the end result was because they didn't have anything besides the romance, when the romance wasn't enough, it's vanished. Like, there was no more right. relationship between them at all. No, I, I so, what we really need here, I think, is we need this episode to put that foundation under it. That when the breakup happens, we need to, they, the characters, more than us, need to have already seen and experienced the friendship Ultimate that they can have option. moving forward. And that, you know, yeah. the, the breakup, will, you know, the breakup, it's not going to be, ah, uh, yeah, you know, I guess we work better as friends. That's it. Goodbye. Like, it's... it's. If anyone ever says that to you, they're fucking lying. Well, it's... it's I'm not saying it's not true, but I'm saying that it's, it's two parts, right? Like, there is the part where there are genuine problems in their romantic relationship, both the mm -hmm. actual problems between them and the, you know, love triangle, star and Marco kiss, star loves Marco thing... And then there's also the fact that being friends is better for them. And I think both, hopefully, will be blended together so yeah. that, you no, know... No, what I, what I was trying to say is, uh, if someone ever breaks up with you and goes, I just want to be friends, or I think that we should stay friends, they're fucking lying. In real they're life, They're always lying. And, you know, I, I would say, you know, as much as I staunchly defend... The ha you know, I've, I have a firm respect for the handling of the sensitive topics regarding, you know, booth buddies and whatnot yeah. in the show. As a general rule, just for those of you at home, you know, I don't... Context matters, and it matters hard, but... Don't cheat on your significant other, you fucking assholes. So basically, really... This has been a public service announcement. Yeah, that. I think the takeaway that might go over some people's heads is that... In real life, there aren't character arcs. Right? Like in this fictional show, is we get we right. as an audience have the ability also, the to say the show are fucking fifteen and not twenty-two. Well, it's not just that, but we is you know because this is a serious problem and people mixing up how to interpret it is we as an audience have the ability to look at it and say that we know that all three people involved would genuinely get along better with each other as a trio and be happier. If they move forward from this situation, Star and Marco got together. Someone's revving their goddamn motorbike outside my apartment. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was like, is that my phone making weird noises? No, it's no, that's silent. that's just someone fucking going oh, at no. it down the road. But uh, well, anyway, thankfully, my one roommate isn't asleep and snoring so loud you can hear him through two walls. 
Amazing. But, you know, either so either way, it's like, you know, in the show, it's like, well, we can see that. But in real life, I mean, and, you know, in, in some cases in real life, you you get, you know, in retrospect, ah, it was better that I that this happened because I found someone else later. I don't know. But, you know, it's sure there's there's never a certainty. Right. So in the show, we can look at a situation and you can judge it by real moral standards and say it was wrong and needs to be addressed, etc. But then you also really should combine that with the level of looking at it as characters and not people. In real life, you don't have that. In real life, right. there is no, well, it's good that this happened because it will help my character grow and develop. You, you don't get that. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's al- two al- different also, things. Also, when you look at something like a TV show, uh, what you should be doing is you should, you know, you should look at something, and obviously, you know, you should still consider real moral and, and values, of course, you know, that is part of the experience, but it's also part of, you know, forming analysis, which is based in facts and, you know, taking pieces of the show and putting them next to each other to support a statement that you make about the show and the more evidence you have, the stronger an argument it is. And so, you know, you can look at this and you can take some pieces of evidence. You know, you can, if you look at just the action, devoid of context, it is a morally bad action. Not a horrible, deplorable action, but a morally bad action. But if you consider it in the context of the story, the context of the feelings, relationships, and dynamics of the characters, and the perceived end result of where it will go, what you get is an action that is morally bad, but narratively good. Exactly, and it can lead to, you know, a Also, resolution. it didn't hurt people's feelings that much. You can literally look at moments in the show, down the road, and you can take these moments and literally, with evidence from the show, make a strong argument that the... Kiss did not significantly emotionally damage any of the characters. Exactly. So you know that. So there's there's yeah. that. But you know, so I I, I think you know my either hope that is or that... Tom's a cuck and he's into it. In which case, oh. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe maybe Darren is just you know really you know trying to one up Hirsch with fucking the senses here. Um, anyway, so you know, so that that's that's Lake House. Now moving forward, you know, that's that's our predictions for kind of week two. Now just looking at the yeah. synopses we have very, very quickly. Uh yeah. yada yada berries, Star and Marco act like amateur detectives as they open an investigation into who is responsible for trying to transform Eclipse into stone. As far as I can that tell, sounds amazing. It that sounds, sounds it, so it sounds amazing. fucking oh, amazing. And I don't think we have like any clips from it from the promos yet. Yeah. Because it's it again, it doesn't match the prep serial and pancake scene animation studio. Um you know, I can't say much about this. And obviously, this is you know I'm I'm admitting full I'm admitting full well here that this is reading too much into a synopsis, which is never a great idea. But the title yada yada, everyone was kind of thinking just looking at the title is that yada yada sounded like talking, like that was something that you know made you talk. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But it, you know the, they're gonna torture someone for information with a food source that forces them to spill their deepest darkest secrets. And then they'll accidentally consume some themselves. No, that, that, that'd be, uh... And then they'll start making out and fucking on the floor. And while the person in they're, they're interrogating is just like, um, am I gonna get arrested for watching this? I, we don't know what Muni's... Would you get arrested for, wa- for being forced to watch two underage people have sex in front of you? Hmm. I guess you could just close their eyes. 
but like just close your eyes forehead <laughs> but yeah we don't, we don't know Muni's laws so that's an entirely different subject i mean considering it's a fairly feudalist um archaic society um People were probably getting married at 14 or 15 anyways. I don't know, Moon was, like, was like 17 or 18 when she became queen. Yeah, but she, she was, was still... also royalty, so she's a longer life expectancy. I guess. Anyway, so my thought about this is just... And now I'm talking about the age of consent laws in a fictional universe from a children's TV show at 11.53pm on a Thursday. <laughs> Isn't life wonderful sometimes? I could be at a bar meeting women. Continue. <laughs> just kidding, they wouldn't talk to me. So, you know, my, my take on this synopsis, just at a quick glance, is that, I, obviously I could be wrong here, but it seems to me that this could be a really good setup for an episode, you know, if you think about Is Another Mystery as an episode, where it was the premise was Buff Frog is gone and they have to go look for him, but that's what they were doing, but that was sort of like a, a vehicle, like, that was the backdrop that made the characters you know guided where they went and what they were doing and, yeah and what they were and how they interacted but the bulk of the bulk of the actual interact. interactions in the episode the, the developments that came out at the end were largely focused on tom specifically as a person and yes to a lesser extent tom and star like their interactions but the actual development was tom's so this episode just looking at the synopsis speaks to me as a potential option for a similar case where Star and Marco working together throughout the episode is the backdrop and that whatever they accomplish related to Eclipsa is part of the episode, but the actual sort of grand, you know, the, the, the 11 minute episodic like theme and moral is something about them. And, you know, I, I, I still, I think there is still, a possibility that curse is like quote-unquote the starko episode like pretty much every you know you sort of you go into curse with the two of them that the breakup has happened and that they're they're spending time together and that they're getting closer but they don't really do anything about it until curse and then curse is like the big one personally as i discussed in last week's episode i think it would be way better if they addressed it beforehand so that you kind of go into curse with that out of the way and then curse can kind of be like the big moment of like you know mm -hmm. they're confident in how they feel and now they can you know have like a big epic uh, centered around them in some way um and yada yada seems like a place where that could go, you know, right then. I would agree with that. Um, so who knows? Uh, down by the river is Moon and River attempt to get used to their new lives after they gave up their crowns. That also sounds, sounds like a fucking banger. I know, there's so many of these episodes that they just sound like things I want to watch, even if they end up not containing, like, developments I want to watch. So it'll be fun. They just fun. sound so fun. Either way, yeah. So, uh... Just for the record, if Ludo is present in this part of the season, I think that's where it would be, but I don't know. It seems maybe a little bit less likely that the, the Ludo clips mm -hmm. are from this part. Uh, then we have the Ponyhead yeah. show, which everyone kind of called. Uh, it's trying to help boost Eclipse's popularity by putting it on a Ponyhead TV show or something, you know. Which also sounds like a fucking banger, honestly. Yeah. Uh, surviving the Spider Bites, Star tries to keep the Spider Bite family occupied while Eclipse runs late for dinner. That really looks to me like where the Meteora babysitting clip is from, so Marco will probably be in that one as well. 
whether or not that's the cereal and pancake thing, I don't know. But if you actually, like, the, the, the general formulation, the idea for that episode that I had with, like, it opens with them trying to eat pancakes on the couch and they get interrupted is that is basically the synopsis of Swimsuit. So I kind of don't think they'd repeat that twice. But mm. it's still possible those clips could come from that episode. I don't know. Um, then we've got Out of Business, which is, uh, I guess, the one thing we, you know, we kind of knew that it would be Quest by. We knew that that would be where Janna and the Okrams came from. We get confirmation that Janna, the star, is going to be along for the ride, too. So it's Star Marco and Janna. If there's a single fucking reason that I want Star Marco to have addressed their shit beforehand, like, even if they're not dating yet, for it to sort of be, they're not dancing around it anymore, that they're, you know clearly acting the role of more than yeah. friends at this point it's because putting fucking star and marco like nervously romantic around each other in the same episode as janna is comedy fucking platinum yeah i'm i'm honestly even if they're not fully like on the same page about it i feel like honestly janna could just like say the shit that forces them to yeah, no, like, this is because it's, you know, we could also kind of go the, like, big relationship shake-up right before Curse route. I don't know. Um, it'll be it'll be great. And then Kelly's world is Marco and Kelly risk life and limb to return to the library before it's overdue. First off, it's it's not, there's no Kelco. Fuck, fuck you. Anyone that says there will be, fuck you. Um, Kelco. Shut the fuck up. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, the, the shots we get in the promo with the fucking, like, Korean, like, Looks really fun. Anime bullshit. Like, it looks fun. And so I have... This This is my crack theory, right? I, I, I'm not usually one to make these crack theories all that much. But yeah, my crack not. theory is that if Star and Marco have talked about their shit beforehand, right? If they've... I don't know. Uh, maybe they'll kiss or not. But if they've talked about it and they see the blood moon, they'll be like, ah, oh, the blood moon. Like, they'll see it. They'll actually physically see it in the sky and be like, oh, it's the blood moon. Cool. And then I think what's going to happen is that at the end of this episode is there's gonna, like, they're going to, con- like, they're gonna return the, li- like, they're gonna go to return the library book, and then one way or another is they'll run into contact with, like, some type of book, like, an, an old book of ancient curses, and they're just gonna open the book, and there'll be, like, a picture of the Blood Moon, and it'll be like, oh fuck, I gotta tell Star, fade to black. That'd and, be something. And then we enter Curse, so, like, Curse hits the ground running with whatever the plot shit is. I- it could be fun, I don't know. But, um, be and we still know nothing about Curse. Um, I also could be completely fucking wrong, but, you know. Yeah, so now, the last thing that we really need to talk about for this, I think, is the titles. So the titles that we've gotten is the the source for them was a cable forum site. And from everything I could tell, it's reliable. Like, it was the, it wasn't a random guy. It was, like, one of the owners of the site like, had a dedicated board for posting, like, all April title releases for Disney Channel. And it wasn't just Star, it was every show. Uh, and, you know, I can't, you know, maybe he has, maybe he has access to, like, an internal copy of a press release or something, it's not public yet. I can't guarantee you that these are legit, mm. but they come from a, you know, we don't have a official published source, but they seem... But it's a, it's, it's not some random fucking dude's blog. <laughs> or a 4chan leak. Exactly. So it, it seems reliable. Uh, so here's the titles that we got. We've got episode nine. Again, these are going to just keep airing. So this is, you know, April 7th, the weekend after. I'm going to be watching these fucking episodes and the goddamn fucking lobby of LAX airport after the Blood Moon Ball yeah. event to Gallery Nucleus because these things yeah, are right. fucking coming out at midnight and my flight is at 6 a.m. and I'm just going to be fucking trapped in the airport lobby until then. So. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I'm some of the shit's like, I got fucking. 
If this shit keeps running into fucking May, it's, I think it's I gonna. Episodes like the same day I'm graduating from fucking college. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of that too. I'm like, we're gonna have a fucking season finale viewing party when I come up for your graduation, and it's gonna be well, now, a right? banger. Yeah, anyway, the issues will be that fucking Sunday. My whole family will be up here. But, well, you yeah. could just tell your family to fuck off for an hour and a half. It's fine. <laughs> Well, now. Okay, I know, mom. I know I'm graduating, but there's this kids' cartoon that I really need to go watch with my friend right now. And if they, hey, if they think it's gross, be like, hey, at least I'm not still jerking off to hentai like I was before I went to bed last night. <laughs> and, and they just say before last night, they're like, wait, what? And you're like, yeah, I am this morning. Wait, what? Anyway, uh, so here's the this weekend. And yeah. while we're seeing the audience at graduation. <laughs> uh, so do you do you want to hear? Do you want to hear? something we should we should we should finish we should but this is a story where i don't think i've told you this and you will hate me for it and it's gonna be wonderful and i i, I did this because for me personally it, it just meant something to me and how i view myself as an individual that i do this okay during it wasn't like during graduate it was you know during the part where they're i don't know if it was when they were reading off names of someone entire like you know the entire opposite side of the group premiere of for if i don't know if it was someone giving like a boring ass speech i don't know what it was it was a part of graduation that didn't matter whatsoever and i pulled out my phone and read a very brief chapter of starco fan fiction at my graduation because i could and i wanted to say that i did that Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, well, no one else will, so it's fine. Um, but anyway. I mean, to be fair, uh, I will watch what I assume is going to be contained in episode 12 of Kaguya-sama Love is War at graduation, uh, because it will... If you're not watching that show, uh, you should also watch that show, because it will fill your fucking soul with joy. Anyways, uh, let's not... Talk yeah. about anime. Let's finish talking about this children's cartoon. Right. So here's the title. It's just quick rapid fire. We've got uh, episode nine, Princess Quasar Caterpillar and the Magic Bell slash Ghost of Butterfly Castle. Then we've yeah. got Cornball with an exclamation point and Meteora's Lesson, episode 10, both on the same, all on the same day. Then April 14th, we have The Night Shift, night spelt K-N-I-G-H-T, and Queen Napped. And then Junkin' Janna and A Spell with No Name. Uh, and then that's all I put. Then April 21st, we've got a boy and his DC700XE, fuck if I know, and the monster and the queen. And then we have a 22-minute episode, Coronation. So that's probably the mid-season finale slot right there. Um, yeah. But we continue right away, and then we go into Dupe Dupe and Britta's Tacos, and then Beach Day and Gone Baby Gone. So the few very very brief comments i want to make here um princess quasar yeah, caterpillar like a 30 second speed round for each I, and i don't even know i'm I, I i don't have comments on some of them at all period so uh i have comments for at least one episode per block okay so princess quasar caterpillar and magic bell um the two main theories i've seen are that it's like a sort of bedtime story for either marco jr or meteora telling the story of star um or the one that i really like is that something with the nature of magic and the realm of magic happens in Curse of the Blood Moon, and this would be the name of, this would be like the story of the first Queen of Muni, because what we know yeah. from her, from the spell book, is that she found the magic sanctuary and harnessed magic for herself, and that was how the whole thing started. Right. And yeah. 
caterpillar is a precursor to butterfly so like yeah and quasar kind of has a parallel to star as well which is neat yeah. And also, as a little note about that one, uh, you know, I'm just kind of hoping, like, there's a really fucking amazing episode of Legend of Korra Season 2, which is, like, the origin story of the first Avatar, and it's distinctly the best episode of the entire first two seasons of the show. So I'm tentatively kind of excited for this one, because it could it could just be fucking cool as shit. Exactly. Um, uh, I also really like the theory that Ghost of Butterfly Castle is going to involve, like, Ludo coming back, busting into Butterfly Castle to take it over, but, like, they're not there because fucking Eclipse and moved them all to the Monster Sanctuary. Yeah, that, that could happen, too. Uh, um, I'll be fair, Cornball does actually sound like a meme-tacular filler episode type okay, thing. Okay, meme-tacular filler, or I've seen hot takes, if Curse oh, of the Blood right. Moon... Give me these hot takes. If Curse of the Blood Moon doesn't actually involve doing something with the Blood Moon Waltz again, like, you know, we, we have a shot from it in the promo that's, like, reanimated, yes. but if that's just a flashback, and if there is no recreation of the event, Cornball could be a ball, like, a, an actual dance. And that'd be a fucking mm. good place to have one. Yeah, I, I, if you ask me, Mr. Bias here, um, yes, please. Um, well, now. Meteor's lesson, okay, more Meteor shit, that's gonna be fun. Um, sure. Night Shift, maybe that could be something with Marco becoming a knight? I don't know. Maybe um, it'll bring back Higgs. Uh, maybe? Green Nap will definitely, almost for sure, will probably be... Uh, Eclipsa or Moon being kidnapped, probably Eclipsa, because Moon's already been missing. Yeah. Um, um Junk and, and Janna, another Janna episode. Maybe Janna doing stuff with robots or technology or a junkyard. Okay. A or spell or, no or there's the hot theory. Hold on one sec. So we've got to talk right, about it. That Darren mentioned in an interview at one point that the, she was. It was an interview about LGBT in kids animation, and they talked to a bunch of different creators. And sure, sure, sure. Darren just said, "There's something coming up in season four that I've really like. I'm I'm looking forward to in this, and that you guys should look forward to as well." So my fear is that Junk and Jana is the episode where Jana discovers that she likes junk in the trunk. She's into thick women. And that's the start of Jackie and Jana's official relationship right there. Uh, you mean Jana and the barbarian chick from Ransom. <laughs> that's pedophilia. <sighs> anyway, um, Spell With No Name, we actually have a little bit about this. Yo, wait, what if... Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What if the barbarian girl is actually a girl roughly star in Marco's age who's been in Hecuba's universe for like 10 minutes? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, anyway, um, Spell With No Name, we actually have a little bit from. Um, there's a, like a 0.5 second shot in the promo that we had talked about, I think, on the last episode, is like we knew that it wasn't from the first part of the season. And it's like a, a narwhal and like a butterfly, like mat, like the spells fighting and like yeah. pitch like the void. And yeah, then there's yeah, yeah. also a shot of like this weird, angry, like cloud spell with jars and lightning or something. And both of these are confirmed from this episode. Now, I could be wrong here, but if this is a tie into the spell book, there's actually Solaria, the, the giant, the shaved head warrior queen that like killing monsters. Yeah. Um, she talks about this that actually, as far as I know, I don't remember the exact details and I don't want to pull up the book right now, but she mentions that there's some spell that she has that is just done by shouting. And it's like one of the, it's, it is like, I think it is actually given a special treatment in the spell book is like being called like a spell with no name or something like that, because it's one of the only ones that no one has named. It's just Solaria does it and it 
has its effect. I don't remember exactly so what it was. she just, like, Wilhelm screams and magic happens? Something like that, yeah. So, that, and maybe, maybe it could be that, you know, I, I think we're, we're gonna be diving more into magic lore, and that's gonna get into the history of Muni a lot, so, who knows. Yeah, um, I'm definitely, that's definitely something I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to. Uh, next chunk, uh, a boy and his DC 700XE. That's gotta be some sort of robot, toy, gunpla, nerdy geeky fucking thing yeah something something I with hope. marco sounds, maybe that could be fun i guess it could be tom I too hope, I, don't uh, know. I just got into gunplugs i'm a weeaboo so i'm really hoping it's a gunpla episode so i can cut fucking memes uh monster and the queen that could be a like really relevant globcore episode to set up for coronation yeah right um yeah, and coronation is a big meme because eclipse is queen right now yes so has there but we don't know if there's been an official coronation that's true but then I think the most important thing is we want to jump past this for a moment because yes. we knew about Beach Day, episode 16A. We knew that there would be something on an Earth beach. And then in episode 17A is Tom visiting the Diaz household where Star, at least, presumably Marco too, are located. So the episode involves right. two or, or three of them at the Diaz household. Now we have Britta's Tacos too in episode 15. So that's... Three episodes, all back-to-back. I mean, you know, three, at least one half of every episode for three episodes in a row after the mid-season finale involves presumably them spending significant time on Earth, which is really weird. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, fuck the Earth. But I, that plan? I, I think, I think something, uh, there might be some interesting stuff happening here. Yeah, there, there could be. Um, um yeah you know with with where they are and yeah also one 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 important thing of note is we don't really have an idea of when in this season uh marco's younger sibling will be born yeah that's true it, it very well you know it could be uh earlier it could be later it's well you know, angie looked really pregnant but it's cartoon logic right they, they needed yeah, to yeah, draw yeah. her as visibly pregnant even though that level of pregnancy wouldn't happen until not long before the due date in real life yeah, yeah, yeah. so but i would logic. assume she's going to give birth sometime during the season oh yeah absolutely uh so yeah i think that basically takes us through most of the relevant things yeah so uh, you know pre- and, titles yeah presumably we're gonna you know things are gonna keep airing you know we might have like a it might be like a two episodes and then because there's five more episodes that we don't know yet so there could be like you know two of them and then a three episode series finale yeah who knows yeah i don't know i hope we get a three four episode season finale I, yeah i do too fun. i think i i think that'd be good but uh anyway so i you know i was there any was there any other uh like hmm big uh, stuff you, you know, wanted to talk about i don't i don't really think i had uh too much else unless you want me to reiterate my prepared statement from earlier uh before we go start for recording. it go for it no the one from before recording oh yeah no, then please please do use your prepared statement <clears throat> oh yeah right in my sloppy good girl hole yeah Thank you. Uh, I think that's some really insightful commentary on the uh, general nature of what this show is doing to me at all times. Um, uh, no, I guess your hole's pretty sloppy from the blood and tears at this point. Um, yeah, just a little bit. That's a fucking sentence I just said. Um, <laughs> hey, I think I think there's, uh, I think there's a term for that that involves like being candy cane or something like that. I don't know. I've I've heard legends on Urban Dictionary. 
I, I, I think it's time we end this before I do anything even dumber than I've already done. Yeah, so uh, that will be all for our second installment of 4A into 4A. I don't know. Maybe we'll rename it. Maybe we won't uh, once 4A <laughs> is over. But uh, we're looking at, you know, so just, you know, we've got Moon Remembers, Swimsuit, Instagram, Lake House Fever uh, coming up here by the end of it. I think pretty much most of us. So anyone with a brain is expecting Homestar to be dead. It should be. I think most people are at least hoping for some pretty significant progress, you know, for Star and Marco, for them to move towards actually you know, dealing with all the shit from before. And there's maybe some cool plot happening with Ransom Graham and Slim Yeah, who cares about that? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, not exactly particularly relevant. Plot is for thoughts. Uh, and, uh, you know, speaking... Spoiler of... alert, I'm a thought. And speaking of thoughts, we've got Star Fondling Marco's abs, too, so we've got that to look forward to as well. Yeah, um, alright. So, so, anyway, um, that yeah. is I'm Endgame, as usual. And I've been a fucking tragedy. So, uh, here we are going to tune out, take care, talk to you next week. Uh, as usual, follow, you know, I, everything goes on my blog, endgame989 at tumblr.com, it's in the link for links follow and Follow me on analysis. Twitter, at port dog or something like that you'll, 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 just just for the record you will get a distinctly uh, greater and by greater i mean infinity percent greater amount of star versus content on my blog than port but please feel free yeah. to follow yeah, the fuck um, anyway. but i'll post about esports and gunpla exactly and i'm just going to keep broadcasting why it's i need port underscore dog by the way and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to keep using my blog to meditatively broadcast why i need therapy uh so that will be us signing off Toodles.